Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. Maybe even just testimonies of seasons that God has brought different people through. And so we're, we're very thankful for that. Um, but we're going to jump into our message. We're talking about our word for the year, which is focus. We said at the beginning of the year, we are going to focus on a few things. And it's funny for me because I'm not always the most focused person in the world. I did Aaron and Joy's wedding yesterday. I have the binder right in front of me. I'm reading through the wedding and I forgot to do the vows. Um, I, I didn't forget before the wedding was over, but we got there. But sometimes I'm just confused. I'm just really confused. I get confused. And, but thankfully, I was able to get focused back. I was, I was able to get focused. But sometimes I'm just like all over the place. So the idea that I'm talking about the word focus seems a little bit out of the ordinary and out of context for me. But maybe that's also why God gave us this word for the year was so that we could stay on track. And so what we've been talking about, as I said, well, when we did this message in January, focus, we said we were going to focus on Jesus. We're going to, as a church, focus on the church, focus on one another, and we're going to focus on other people. And then we said in doing all that, we're really focusing on ourselves. We're focusing on our formation and who we're becoming and what God is doing. And because we've been focused on what God is doing this year, because we've been focused on Jesus and his church, we've been focusing on others, we've been seeing God do incredible things, just as Emma shared. Uh, God's been moving in people's lives and changing people's lives. We've been able to serve many different places. We had about 20 people serving at Eight Days of Hope this year. We've been able to serve at the Sheridan Park Life Center. We've been able to serve at Kenton Closet, at uh, Operation Hope right here in Buffalo. So many of you have been saying yes to God and saying we're going to focus on what he's called us to do. Many of you serve on our story team every week, and we're grateful for that. And because of your focus in prayer and giving and serving, we've seen amazing things happen. Like last month in July, in one service, five people gave their lives to Christ, which was just unbelievable. And we're seeing God change people's lives. We're seeing God move because we're staying focused on his mission to go and make disciples, to bring about new creation and new life in the name of Jesus. We keep seeing this happen. Uh, Next month, we're actually doing baptisms on Sunday, September 11th. And so far, we have two people signed up for baptisms, which is just unbelievable. And we would actually love it if you would sign up to get baptized. If you're a follower of Christ and you haven't been baptized before, Sign up. Sign-ups end next Sunday. You can stop at our tables on the way out, but we want you to be a part of that, of going public with your faith and saying, hey, I'm identifying with Christ in baptism. And that's a huge, amazing thing for us to celebrate, that God is moving. God is changing lives. God is doing a good work here at New Story Church, but we have to continue to stay focused on him for that to happen. It can never be about us. It has to be about him. So the first thing I want us to review is what it means for us to focus on Jesus. This was our first point, that as we were going to go after this word focus, we were going to stay focused on Jesus above all else. And for each of these points, we were walking through some aspects of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus's Sermon on the Mount can be found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's a beautiful message. And uh, it's Matthew, if you're not familiar with that, it's the first book in the New Testament. And Matthew's recording about the life and ministry of Jesus. And in the middle of this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has a very powerful statement that he makes in Matthew chapter 6. 
And typically with this statement, we, we box it into just one little part of the sermon. But I actually think that this statement extends to the entirety of the sermon that Jesus is giving here. The, the statement is this, is in Matthew 6, 33. Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Now, Jesus says this in a section of the sermon where he's talking about worry. He's talking about the worries of this world. He says, seek first his kingdom and the worries of this world. It almost seem like they fade away or pass away. And there's truth to that. But I believe that as we look at this sermon, this is almost the statement that holds the entire sermon together, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, when Jesus talks about being salt and light, Jesus talks about building your house on the rock, Jesus talks about living in the new life that he has now made possible because he came to fulfill the law. And I believe that what Jesus is revealing to us here is that when we seek first God's kingdom, when we seek Jesus first, all of these things will begin to happen in our lives. Yes, the worries of this world will pass away, but we will all also begin to become salt and light as we seek God's kingdom first. We also will begin to have our house built on the rock as we seek his kingdom first. That's why he says, all of these things will be added to you. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, how can I really start to focus in on following Jesus? I recommend this. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 every single day for the next few weeks. Just get to know the Sermon on the Mount so well. Get to know it so well that you're saying, I am going to let Christ shape me more more and more into Christ's likeness to seek his kingdom first and to become more and more like Jesus. That's the way you can do it on an individual level, just to seek him and know him, get to know his teaching, get to see how Jesus interacts with other people and become like him. But this is not just something that we want to keep on an individual level as well. We as a church above all else, desire to and are committed to staying focused on Jesus. And we've been able to do this through many of our sermon series this year. You know, we went through the, the Trinity at the beginning of the year. We did a series on hearing God's voice. We did a, you know, we, we've been trying to focus as a church and focusing on Jesus and building that foundation, which leads me into where we're going to be heading this fall we have two series coming up in September and October that I believe are going to be critical series for this church, especially when we talk about what it means for us to focus on Jesus. So let me give you a little sneak peek here. In, in, uh, in the month of September, we're going to be doing a series in the book of Galatians called Centered Church. And in this series, we're going to be discussing what it means for us to grow as followers of Christ and move towards the cross, move towards becoming Christ's likeness and keeping Jesus at the center and look at that through the book of Galatians. And here's why this series is important. Because what we're going to be talking about is that for many of us, when we were invited into a faith construct or to a community of faith of some sort, we felt like, and I, I'm stealing this language from a book, I'll explain it more in the series, but we feel like we're either in a bounded group or a fuzzy group. And here's what that means. A lot of us, when we got into a faith community, after a while, it felt like it was bounded. It felt like there were all of these rules. And if I don't follow the rules or look a certain way or act a certain way, then I probably can't be in the group anymore. I should probably just leave because I, I just don't look and act. And it felt like it was, yeah, people are following Jesus, but there's all these extra rules and there's all this like this, this status and, and politics and all this weird stuff. And it's like, it just felt like it was all of this add-on. It felt like I'm trying to follow Jesus, but it feels like I'm trying to follow Jesus and carry all this stuff with me. And I just don't quite fit. It feels like all these lines are being drawn and I, uh, it just, 
And we're going to see how Paul actually breaks down that bounded model in Galatians and encourages us to have a model that is centered and focused on Jesus instead. But then what happens at the other extreme sometimes is we get out of a bounded model and then we'll find another faith community and it becomes what this author would refer to as a fuzzy model. And it's like, you know, we're all here. We like encouraging one another. Everything feels good. But after you're there for quite some time, you're kind of like, what exactly are we doing here? <laughs> like, what direction are we moving in? Uh, are we going to have any conversations of accountability? What does that look like? Yeah, we feel good, but, but what does it mean to grow here? And we as New Story, we don't want to get caught up in a bounded model. We don't want to get caught up in a fuzzy model where people, or what's going on here? We believe that, that Paul offers a third way in the book of Galatians. It's a Christ-centered model that encourages us moving and growing and becoming more like Christ so we can have conversations of accountability, but it's in a grace-filled way. But we can also be encouraging and uplifting, and, it, and we begin to move towards the center. And as Paul says in Galatians 4.19, begin to be formed into the image of Christ. And so I'm really looking forward to that series. If you know somebody or you're connected to somebody who's maybe interested in church but has been disconnected, please invite them to the series in September. We believe that as we capture this vision of the church to be centered on Christ and becoming more like him, we'll be able to grow as a community together and get a different and new and, and kind of, kind of uh, like I said, maybe just a different vision of what it means for us to become disciples of Christ and follow him and grow in our faith. So I'm pumped for that series in September centered church. I think it's going to be potentially one of the most critical series for our church at New Story because we've been doing this for a couple years now and people are, hey, what does it mean to grow here? What does it mean to grow as a follower of Christ? And this is going to be a really important series as we walk through the book of Galatians. In October, we're going to be doing a series called The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Anybody sing that song growing up? We're doing a series called The B-I-B-L-E and we're going to be talking about just that, the Bible. The Bible has become one of maybe the most talked about things in the Christian faith these days. People have so many different questions about it. People have so many different ideas about it. We're going to talk about the, the story of the Bible, what it actually is happening as, as God is unraveling this story in the scriptures and doing our best to gain an understanding of that. We're going to look at different ways that people have maybe misread the Bible or misquoted the Bible before. And we're going to, over that four-week period of time, hopefully gain the tools together so that we can read the Bible together as a group, but also in your own life, you can have a better understanding of what's going on here. What are some good questions to ask as I'm reading the Bible? I've been doing a lot of reading for this series and I'm like really pumped for it. I'm actually ready to just give the series right now, but we're going to wait till October to do it. Um, and because we want to go through Centered Set Church and build that foundation first. But then the B-I-B-L-E, this is also, I believe, going to be an awesome series for you to be able to invite people into a conversation, for you to be able to invite people into, hey, if you have some questions, if you have, some, this is going to be a great time. And I'm really looking forward to both of these series, but both of these series, Centered Church, it's about being centered on Jesus, the B-I-B-L-E. It's about talking about the book that testifies to Jesus. This is all about us being focused on Jesus. These Sunday morning messages are not just for me to come up here, you know, leave the stage and then, you know, go ponder it on your own. No, they're actually an opportunity for us to come together as the church and move in a direction together. And the direction that we want to move in is a direction of being focused on Jesus. And we also want this to be a direction that we invite other people into.
First Corinthians 2, 2, Paul says this, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So this is what we are going to seek to know above all else. We're gonna seek to know who Christ is, who he's called us to be, and what it means for us to focus on him and follow him. We are going to focus on Jesus. Secondly, in unwrapping this idea of focus, we are going to focus on the church. We're going to focus on the church. Now, I've said this here a million times, but just to give us all an understanding, the church is not just this building. The church is actually the people. Each and every one of us that is following Christ, you are the church. We are a part of the church, and we are in this life. We are in this movement. We are in this together. And so when I say focus on the church, yeah, we like to sweep the building and keep it clean for when people come here. But when we say focus on the church, we're actually talking about focusing on one another. We're talking about growing together. We're talking about investing in God's kingdom together. And, and when actually we focus on the church, when we focus on the movement of God in the world, we are making the decision then to invest in eternity. We are choosing to invest in something beyond ourselves with our actions, with, with our words, with what we're doing. We are investing in eternity, Instead of investing in the temporary, those, those things which fade away, when we focus on the church, we are investing in that which will never fade away. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6. He said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in or steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. We desire for our hearts to be wrapped up in the movement and activity of God. That when we're, where thieves break in, we want to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. When we are wrapped up in the movement of God, we are wrapped up in his kingdom work on earth as it is in heaven, when we are investing within his church, we are actually investing and moving and, and going forward into eternity. We are giving a picture of the life that is to come. We're investing in eternity. I, I used to hear this, this passage and just think it was all about everything we are, we're not supposed to do. I was thinking, oh yeah, so, so don't, don't put up treasures in this earth. You know, that means I can, you know, get a nice car, but not too nice of a car. You know, I can get a, get a nice house, but not too nice of a house because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be greedy and we don't want to be greedy. But this, is, this passage is not just about what not to do. Yes, we don't want to get so consumed in things that are temporary that we're just living for ourselves, but we also do have something to invest in. We have an eternal life to invest in. We, we can invest in eternity, the kingdom that is to come. The late Dallas Willard described this verse this way. He said, but the wisdom of Jesus is that we should lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where forces of nature and human evil cannot harm what we treasure. That is to say, direct your actions toward making a difference in the realm of spiritual substance sustained and governed by God. Invest your life in that which is God is doing, which cannot be lost. We are investing in eternity. We are investing in that which cannot be lost. We are a part of something that is beyond ourselves. We are living in the life that Christ has called us to live. Now, there are many ways that, that you can just every day just invest in the church, maybe by calling somebody that you know here and encouraging them. 
Maybe, maybe it's by making a meal for someone who you know is going through a difficult season. Maybe it's uh, writing a kind note, or, or maybe it's, I, I don't know what it is, but there's so many different ways that just on a personal level you can invest in the church. And I never want to put confines of these are the only ways you can invest in people within the church. But there are some very practical ways that you can invest in the church as well. And these are, these are ways that I talk about here frequently, and so I'm just going to throw them out quickly. But one of them is to, is to serve on our story team. When you decide to serve on the team and become a part of our production team or our greeting team or our security team, my Uncle Wayne just recently joined our security team. My Uncle Wayne's a great guy. I don't necessarily think he gets you know, fist fights or anything like that, but he's on the security team ready to serve and he's ready to just look out for people and keep people safe to the best of his ability. He doesn't, I, Uncle Wayne, you don't have experience in security necessarily, do you? No, but he's been trained up in it. He said, yes to God, I'm going to get involved. He loves talking publicly in service, by the way. So that's why I called. But, but, you know, but he said, hey, I'm going to jump on the board and I'm going to get involved in serving. And he's on our security team now looking out for people. He's been trained up. He's got the earpiece in. He's ready to roll. If someone comes and tackles me, he's, you're going to come get him for me. I know you are. But anyways, so, but you can serve on the story team. There's production, there's, there's music, there's all these things. If you've been coming to New Story Church for some time and you haven't jumped on the story team yet, maybe you're saying, my life's really busy right now. Maybe, maybe you could serve once a month. Maybe you could just get connected to our outreach team for now that doesn't serve quite as frequently, but, but there's a way in which you can serve and become a part of what God is doing. And if you want to start serving on our story team and investing in eternity in that way, please stop by our tables on the way out today. We have people who want to talk to you about that because we want to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, be working for his kingdom. Another way that you can focus on church is by giving. And I know this is always an awkward one to talk about. And so we try to be careful with that here. And people are like, okay, churches are always talking about money. Here's the deal. If you don't call New Story Church your home, I'm not saying that you need to give to New Story Church. And even if you do call New Story Church your home, nobody is twisting your arm. Nobody's, we don't even pass the offering plates on Sunday mornings because we really want this to be a decision between you and God as to if you give here at New Story Church. We want this to be a conversation between you and him. But we do believe that the scriptures say it is more blessed to give than to receive, that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And so we do believe that there's something important about giving and investing and being generous. You know, I, I personally sign up for recurring giving online. There's different ways that you can do this. And here, here's, here's what I always encourage people. If you're ever a little bit hesitant about giving, here's what I would say. You maybe haven't given before, or, or maybe you're thinking, man, maybe I could give a little bit more, but I don't know. I'm not sure because, you know, you got a raise recently. Maybe I could, I don't know. I, I, here's what I always tell people. Okay, here's the deal. I know that living a generous life actually starts to set you free in some ways. So I always say this. If, if you feel a little bit uncomfortable at first about giving, don't give to us first. Find another organization that you can get behind and give to them. And you will see that through living a generous life that there is something freeing and liberating that comes with that. We would love if you would give to us. We would love if you would get behind the mission that God is doing because we want to continue to build up this church. We would love to be able to have the funds to find a permanent space one day. We want to continue to build our staff team. We want to continue to do a lot of different things here. We want to continue to do more outreach in our community and give away money. I've shared this a million times. We've given away over $35,000 in our first two years. We want to continue to be able to do stuff like that. So when we invest in his church, we are investing in eternity. But I always tell people, if you're a little hesitant and you're like, I don't know if I want to do Give somewhere else first and you will see that there is a blessing in living a generous life. 
You actually, when I started giving, I started, I was, because I used to be just so paranoid about, do I have enough money here? Do I have enough money here? Do I have money? And when you start giving, there's almost like this, this freeness that comes with it. And you're like, you know what? God's my provider. I'm going to trust in him. So one of the ways that you can focus on the church is to, is to give, to invest in that way. You can give online. You can give in the offering boxes on the way out. But that's really a conversation for you to have with God. And then thirdly, another way you can focus on the church is through joining a story group. We have more groups opening up, and this is a way for you to walk in life with other people, to sharpen one another, to invest in each other's lives. Story groups are not just a space where you get together and you catch up on life. That does happen. You catch up on life. You talk about the scriptures. You push each other towards being like Christ. But in a lot of our story groups, we have things happen where they start meal trains for one another when uh, one of them has a baby or something, or they care for one another, or they check in on one another. A story group is an opportunity to invest in each other's lives and to do life together. And so the three ways that you can really practically focus on the church is to start serving on the story team, or if you're able to give to new story in some way, or start getting connected to the story team, or a story team or, or story group, or you can do all three. I don't know, whatever works for you, but start talking to God and see where his Holy Spirit is leading you. And then obviously outside of that, there are always different ways that you can focus on the church and invest in one another because we want to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven and focus on the church. And then lastly, lastly, we're going to be focused on other people. Focus on other people. I, I took this line from someone. I can't remember where I first heard it, but I love it. The, the, the line is, uh, we are the church and we don't exist for ourselves. We are the church and we exist for the world. We exist for the world. We exist for something beyond ourselves. And yes, we are here for one another to build one another up. But when we build one another up, we're doing that also in a way so that we can go connect with and serve and reach those around us. We want to constantly be in a space where we can think about other people. Now we all have to take moments where we step back and refresh our soul a little bit and we recharge and we, we get ready again. But I desire that New Story Church would be a church that we would be always focused on other people not only in the things that we do as a church, but my prayer is that God would give you the strength that as you're living your everyday life, that you would be able to be focused on other people. How can I serve here? How can I connect with somebody here? How can I bring the hope of Jesus to this space? How can I bring the light of Jesus to this space? Because as God's people, we are to be people who are focused on other people. Jesus was constantly thinking about others. So my prayer is that we would become people who do the same. Matthew chapter five, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Now what Jesus was saying here would have been pretty controversial because his listeners would have identified Jerusalem, the temple. That was the light of the world. That was the hope of the world. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. The light of the world is no longer in this specific place or this specific town. The light of the world now exists within God's people. You are the light of the world. The church is the light of the world. 
There are many churches even throughout Western New York that are existing and breathing and living as the light of the world. And we as New Story Church have an opportunity to be just a little sliver and a little part of that. But I pray that we would do that in a powerful way, in a way that brings hope to people. Light brings hope. Light brings direction. Light brings focus. We exist as the light to extinguish the darkness. And so I, I, I would hope that we would become so others focused that our lights would shine so brightly when we come together, but also within our everyday lives that people would start to see there's a new way of being human. There's a different way of living this life. It's a way that seems more freeing. It's a way that seems like the, the, there's something different about it. There's a way that's more loving. There's a way that's more hope-filled. There's a way that's more unifying. And that way is the way of Jesus. And that we'd be so others, folks, that we'd be constantly thinking about, how can I be a light? How can I be a light? How can I be a light? Not just in what I say, but in what I do. How can we exist as the light of the world and focus on other people? As we're moving into the fall, we're going to be doing some new series. We're going to continue to serve as a church. We're going to continue to focus on Jesus above all else. As we're focused on Jesus. We must be focused on the people that he loves and he gave his life for. And so just, just to share this on kind of a where we've been at New Story, from about October of 2021 to Easter 2022, we were on like a steady incline of growth and attendance at New Story every single week. So I was like, oh my gosh, there's new people here. What's going on? There's somebody new here. I didn't catch that person. I didn't meet that person. Like every single week, it felt like from October to April. Then Easter hit, which meant then summertime hit. <laughs> and we and we kind of flattened out a little bit. And yeah, we've all enjoyed our summer. We've been able to relax. And some of us have enjoyed the sunlight. But as the fall's picking back up, let's pick up our cross and let's get on the move. Start thinking, who do you know that you could bring into this? Maybe you don't even invite them to church first. Maybe you invite them to your story group. Maybe you invite them to a service project first. Who do you know that you can invite into this community? Because we believe that we are here to continue to grow the church, to continue to be a light of the world. So who can we continue to invite into this movement that God has called us to? We want to continue to build and grow and reach more and more people with the message of Jesus. And the best way for us to do that is for you to invite people into what he is doing here. For you to invite people into what God is doing at New Story Church. Who do you see? Who do you know? Who can you be praying for and saying, yeah, I, th I think that, I think that, yeah, God's telling me to bring that. God's telling me to bring it. We're going to continue to do everything we can to make this a space where people can come in and feel welcome and get connected. But we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. We believe that life is found in Christ, that he is the resurrection and the life, that he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we want to let as many people know about the message of Jesus as possible. And we believe that you know somebody, whether it's your friends, your family, or coworkers, somebody that you can invite into what God is doing here. But for us to exist as the light of the world, we might have to, uh, every once in a while, take a risk. We might have to, every once in a while, do something that makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable. But I know a lot of you, and I know that God has, has placed it within you to continue to be a part of his church and bring us into this. We want to be focused on others, serving others, loving others, demonstrating kindness to others. I'm going to close us out today by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 
where Paul says this. This is like a mission statement. Write this down. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Read this passage every single day to stay focused on who God has called you to be, to stay focused on what we are going to do as a church. Paul says this, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives their prize? I don't like running, so I'll have to think of another analogy here, but thank you, Paul. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable. We are working for that which is eternal. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He's saying, I'm determined. I am focused. We are working for that which is imperishable. And as long as we can declare the resurrected Savior, there is hope for the world. And that hope has been placed within you. That hope has been placed within us as his church. And so we must be focused on that and never give up and keep moving forward and let people know that there is life in Christ and Christ alone. Amen, church. Amen. Thank you all so much for the investment that you continue to make. If it's your first time here today, thank you for being here with us. And we want to invite you into this movement that God is a part of. We want to invite you into this movement that God is leading us in. Church, we're going to stay focused on Jesus. We're going to stay focused on the church. And we're going to focus on others. And in doing that, we are working for that which is imperishable. We are storing up treasures in heaven. And we are becoming who it is that Christ has called us